Hey guys, it's your host, Seth Goldstein, with Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. And I have a very juicy, important announcement. Ever wonder how cool and refreshing it would be to hear your own voice on iTunes? Your podcast made at a touch of a button? If you haven't heard about Anchor, you are totally missing out. It's the most easiest way to make a podcast super practical, and best part of all, it's free. It even has creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone on the go or computer in the comfort of your own home, guys. What's even better, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with minimum listenership. It's really that easy. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. What are you waiting for? Download your free Anchor app or simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Until next time, thank you. Goodbye. Hey, gang. This is your host, Seth Goatsting, and Jim Francis bringing you yet another Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. Today, as always, we have Juicy Divas, lots of information on lots of wonderful guests that we normally have with us. Today is one for the for the ages, I have to say. I am completely beside myself in a good way because I have a great personality. This woman embodies, um, you know, elegance. Uh, you know, you could say that this lady is like, a, the, uh, we call her the Jessica Rabbit, if you will, um, in the flesh. She's an actress. She's a model, visual artist a fashionista. Her name is just all over the place. She's amazing. A great mom. Her name, please help me welcome Miss Laura Meadows. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Seth. That's a fabulous introduction. Are you sure that was me? Should I go and find that other person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you can nudge her. She's right next to you. Oh, right? <laughs> okay. Oh, she's here now. All right. Yeah, there you oh, go. I am the diva. Yes. Yes, you are. What can um, I answer for you? <laughs> <laughs> You're the scream queen. You come, you you've been in all kinds of stuff. I mean, I was Looking and pretty impressed at their IMDb, if you will. I mean, just so much. But let's back up. I mean, you okay. started, okay. you know, I want to start kind of from the top, your early humble beginnings. I know you're not uh, originally an Angelino, even though now you live here. Um, you're from St. Louis. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm from, I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, and I lived all over the Midwest, Mid-South, and some of the East. And it, it, I did live in Los Angeles when I was a little kid. And that's how I knew I had to get back here. Because that's right. People Hollywood were, was calling. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, it's one of the largest creative communities in the world. And I fit in here as opposed to the other places. Uh, right. And they, they let me know that, too. So that was right. Nice. But there's <laughs> I mean, there's so much that brings you back. You were we were talking yesterday for a little bit um, off the air. And of course, you you mentioned that, um, of, you know, one of your relatives uh, was going to buy Long Beach in the olden oh. days. Uh, That's uh, right. You know, this, he was yeah, tell so us a little bit about it. He was, yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, uh, yeah, that was my uh, great-grandfather, Daniel Marion Meadows. There's a famous musician named Marion Meadows, made me wonder. Uh, but, however, that's a different story. But uh, he was the largest landowner in Texas County, and he came here with um, his, uh, his sons, Orban, Oral, Orlando, and o- Oberon. And uh, they were all set to buy Long Beach, which is where I'm living right now. I bought a little piece of Long Beach. And he's like, yeah, great. Okay, we'll buy it. And then they had an earthquake. And he's like, oh, the hell, I'm going to buy this place. (laughs) That was the deal breaker, right? (laughs) That was the deal breaker. And he went home. And I'm like, oh, man, I could have been the queen of Long Beach. That's right. Yeah. How, however, my mother's family is Culver, and the Culvers founded Culver City, California. Wow! But That's I don't impressive. live there. <laughs> wow! So you're, 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 you're basically you have your your family got around. I have to say, <laughs> they they um, did they did they landed here from England. Most of them actually uh, in the 1600s. Some later from places like Ireland or Germany. Um, not much later on, maybe 17, 1800s, and they went across the United States. Holy cow! Unbelievable. Now let's talk about. I mean, your career, but let's back up a little bit. You you had said that you went to school um, with Brad Pitt. Is that is that a fact? Yeah, that's right. Wow, I, tell us about that. We definitely want to hear a little bit, a little juicy oh. diva story about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that was back at Mizzou uh, that I met Brad Pitt. And uh, we both had an interest in photography. My degree is in fine art. And I was... Um, standing there hanging some photographs it was really hot we had no air conditioning i had on like little you know cut off jeans and just a little top you know like you know missouri girl looks daisy dukes yeah daisy dukes you know hanging up uh, wet photos on the clothesline and there's this guy comes into class and i could tell my my professor's feathers kind of rustled like a little him. And um, he was taking an independent study and he comes in and he's got this posse of guys with him. And, he, you know, like the whole room is supposed to hold its breath and look at it. And he comes <laughs> over to me and um, he said, hi, my name's Brad Pitt and I'm going to be rich. And I'm like, Dude, did that ever work for you as a pickup line? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not sure how to take this. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, yeah, that's that TV was... lines don't work, guys. Okay, so stuff like that's not gonna fly, especially not with Laura. <laughs> no. <laughs> nice try, Brad Pitt. <laughs> nice try, Brad. Who do you think you are, Brad Pitt? Yeah, Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's he's like. Um, He's like, hey, I'm, um, I'm doing an independent study, and I like to do color photography. My, our teacher was Oliver Shukard, and he studied with Ansel Adams. And oh, so wow. he was into the fine art, black and white photography. So you've already rubbed Ollie the wrong way. You said color photography. 
my Uh-oh. new fizz. And he said, I want to do a men of Mizzou calendar. And um, do you think, and he's like, I want to show you my photographs. So, you know, I looked at his work and everything uh, as time went on. And he said, do you, do you think that I can get rich as a photographer? And I said, well, no, I don't see anything, you know, really outstanding here. And you could probably make a living as a photographer at J.C. Penney's if you wanted. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never saw him again. (laughs) Needless to say, right? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see him again until I saw an interview with a vampire. And it took me a little while. I'm like, wait a minute. What is that? Is that that guy? Is that yeah? You're like that, that guy? Is that the same guy with the cheesy lines? Is it that, yeah, with the cheesy lines and the posse. Is that that guy with the with the with the pictures of dudes? Wow! What? What? Did we hear that right? Oh, I can't hear. Oh, I'm, I'm just like, and it was, and um, I. I have heard him talk about it or seen articles about him talking about it too, about how he left right before graduation, which is what happened when is, which is when I talked to him. And he said that he spoke to a professor. He named a lady that he spoke to and uh, she corroborated the story, but I don't know how many other people he was asking. He asked me and I told him what I thought and years later, I, I was talking to my mom about it, and she said, you know, you were both right. And I said, how do you mean? And she said, well, he knew it was photography, and you knew it wasn't in back of the camera. It was oh, photography wow. in front of the camera. He needed to be in front of the camera, not behind the camera. So you were both right. <laughs> and I'm Very like, cool. Yeah, wow, mom, that's a really great way to look at it. And so I, I, I was working as I got my art degree, and I was working as a designer, and then I started acting um, with uh, in 1999 in an Oliver Stone film. That's and then right. I thought later, you know, I gave him really good advice. Why didn't I take my own advice? <laughs> dang right but you did but you did print work also you were also a model right yeah tell us about that you've done quite a bit of work yeah i i uh when i graduated with my art degree i was also asked to sign with elite models and my father made a decision for me that it wasn't going to be that it would be art the lesser of the many evils he thought they were um, although he was a musician, but then he was a mathematician. Um, those two things apparently go together. And he didn't want the performing arts, which he viewed um, modeling as. But I, I, I went up to a place called Yonkers as a fashion illustrator. But they needed um, they needed models. So at lunch, I would go work um, in the tea room and model the clothing. I would model the clothing for the other artists uh, to draw, and uh, then I sometimes would be. I, I started modeling up when I was in Iowa, and then later I've I've had full page spreads 
in um, Life and Style, Women's World, um, wow. Star Magazine, um, Full Page. Oh, thank you. And wow, that's fantastic. I, I just went now, for an audition today for skin cream, which I okay. they call me a lot about. I hear another voice. Is there another voice? No, there's no uh no, not on my end. No. I um I have it uh hooked up to my mic and then um yeah, there's nobody oh. out here. Oh. Maybe there's a ghost um in the room. <laughs> but no, 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 it's Always absolutely around you me. and I. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably all, yeah, I mean, they just can't get enough of you. I've got to tell you. Now, let's talk about your Marilyn Monroe, um, you know, you have a, a kind of, um, you've been you've been compared to Mar Marilyn Monroe and Anna Nicole Smith many a times. And mm -hmm. so tell us, when did that all start or how did that come about? Well, um, I... My first agent, oh, I, I'm getting feedback from myself. That's what's happening. My first agent uh, was married to the dress designer for um, Anna Nicole Smith. Um, it's uh, oh, wow. Patrick Simpson was my agent, and his husband was Paul Etu. And I'm the same size as, as Anna Nicole Smith was. And oh, wow. Yeah, and they thought I was a lot like Anna, and um, I'd, I'd lived in Texas, and I had that kind of big, right. tall girl, southern thing happening, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the voluptuous type figure, but then... Um, some people also thought my personality was kind of similar to Marilyn Monroe. I, I just signed with a new agency, ASAP. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And the agent asked me, he goes, you know, if you dyed your hair blonde, you could do Marilyn Monroe. And I said, yeah, I probably could. <laughs> <laughs> I sang for you. I, I sent you uh, happy birthday, Mr. President, which I always thought was so cute. Her voice is sort of breathy like mine. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, yeah, I would say there's parallels with your voice and, and her most definitely when you can really do a spot on Marilyn Monroe, for sure. Um, and, um, you know, and you're also, you know, when people like, look at your photos you kind of do the double take and you say oh my god it's jessica rabbit that's yeah. what it is yeah. from roger rabbit that's what you get a lot of I, tell us how I, that started well it started because i'm me and she's her <laughs> because yeah. i never it was never intentional i just happened to look she just happens to look like me and i happen to look like her except she's a cartoon Right, and you're that cartoon that came to life. Exactly, basically. and and wow. I've heard a lot of people say that about me that I'm the living Jessica Rabbit, um, and I, I've seen. I think stick to that for sure. <laughs> I, I've seen some people try to do Jessica Rabbit, but they do like all kinds of things to appear like Jessica Rabbit. But I don't do anything. I just seem to look like Jessica Rabbit. Right. Uh, when I even put it on my IMDb as one of my trademark characteristics. And no one has ever used me as Jessica Rabbit, but... Not yet. People... After this podcast, that might change. You know that, right? It, yeah, <laughs> it might. If there is a part for Jessica Rabbit, I'm here. Um, come Kong. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I've had people refer to me as, oh, uh, like when a producer hired me for a job, he goes, someone else, one of the other actors said, oh, you mean Jessica Rabbit? And he goes, yeah, Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> so it's like people just well, call me Jessica Rabbit. Well, we're definitely going to start calling you Jessica Rabbit around here. And, uh, that's okay with you. We're going to uh, put you on different marquees and, and, and just, just different spreads and billboards across the nation. No, but you should definitely, I mean, cause definitely they make a movie where, where you can play that, that part. That would be fantastic. So there you go. There's a new, maybe somebody out there that's willing to, to, uh, to take that, that dive, you know, let her know she's out there and she's ready to that's perform. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's talk Indeed, about Jessica Rabbit. So you love the horror genre. Were you always into horror from the time you were a child? And if so, what movies were like, mm -hmm. could you say, uh, sort of spawn that that enthusiasm or that spark of like, oh, I love horror? Or, well, do you always like to get scared or were you never scared? I, I like I, I like things that are very imaginative and the horror genre had a lot of that and I my parents let me stay home and watch the old black and white films which actually they were very story heavy oh wow not so much the special effects or the gore but just the suspense and the story of it so things like the twilight zone or night gallery maybe remembering these titles but those were things that my parents would have let me watch and I tell my mom I wanted to stay home from school and I'd show her which uh, shows I wanted to watch and she, she would say yeah go ahead and stay at home you don't need to go to school they you don't learn anything there anyway anyway <laughs> yeah well she probably already knew she could foretell that in the future you'd be an actress and you'd most likely be in a lot of these um, horror films. Well, my mother was creative. She was a writer. She also had a PhD in education and she had a master's in English. So wow. she felt like school also was contrary to creativity. Right, right. Because they sort of place you in a box. It's very um, uh, rudimentary. It's It's rigid. And so um, in many ways, it kind of kills that spirit of uh, creativity. I, I, I totally agree with to her with with her to a point. Of course, I think that that she was she was right um, in that sense. And um, you know, I. But what was it like? I mean, you know, because also your father was also uh, he was an educator, correct? Yes, he was. He yeah. was a professor. First, he was a musician, and I remember listening to music every weekend all weekend long i could tell a song by the first few notes and i would draw to what he was playing and it's something we did every weekend it was so incredibly special to me and later he got a master's in psychology and then he got a master's in math they wouldn't give him the phd which has always bothered him Right. And he was he went was from, university from university to university as a math professor. And then later he got a job with the government 
And he had different awards that he had gotten in programming, like when he worked for IBM. Wow. He came up with an elegant solution to a computer program that won him American Men and Women of Science. Wow, amazing. Yeah, and he was a Mensa member. So we had this thing of science and arts happening. You had everything at home. You had like a torture chamber in your room. And then you had like a whole library around across the room. And then there was your mom over there writing and doing skits. Were you <laughs> were, were you ever now uh, were you ever like um did you ever uh, do plays at home? Like I've had actresses where they've talked about, you know, uh, doing little plays at home, like imaginary plays. Since you're imagining, you talk a lot about imagination. So I, I picture you having like your dolls and then setting up this whole scene with your mm -hmm. dolls. Was that like, or like, what were your yeah. early, you know, yeah. memories? Yeah, I did. I had Barbie dolls and I turned the bookcases into like three, four story houses. And then I would take like the oatmeal carton and I would cut it and I'd make a chair and then I'd make them tables and I'd take everything wow. I could find. And I made them clothes too. Right. Because you're also a fashionista and you're a fashion designer. That's right. Well. I legit am. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. So, and some of your clothes was worn. It's a good segue to go into Buffy mm -hmm. the Vampire, uh, yes. uh, the film, right? Uh, who yeah. wore your clothes? Yeah. Tell us. Tell us who wore your, your textiles. Uh, well, Christy Swanson, she's a very sweet gal. She would come in to, to, the, to my office all the time. And, um, uh, she she would always know which one that I had designed because it would be, you know, the one she said she liked, but it's really probably because it was the one that was the wildest. And she'd be like, you did this one, right? And I'm like, yeah, I did that one. <laughs> but she liked my stuff. And then um, we had uh, Miss Finland World that um i would dress and then also i've seen my stuff at the Cannes film festival wow reporter was wearing one of my dresses and there you go i just was it's such a cool feeling to see that and then i heard that my pants were worn at one of Ringo Starr's birthday parties and the pants like became famous famous as they as just called them, they the, pants. them pants. the pants the pants the pants <laughs> fancy the pants um but um now i wanted to talk uh, touch up on uh let's touch on uh you know your films let's go back to the okay wait i'm curious about still the childhood by the way mm -hmm. your dad. Mm -hmm. how was your dad was he was he very regimented did he like have okay at this point you're gonna eat then you're gonna do this and there's like an agenda every day like oh gosh day. Yeah. how did you pick up on that <laughs> yeah he was sure, very, very very regimented it was yeah we're gonna eat it this time and it's tuesday and we're eating this this is meatloaf and tomorrow's steak and i mean it was the same it depend on the day and the tv shows would come on at a certain time you had to go to bed at a certain time yes he was very regimented 
and they were also very restrictive. So I had to be in my head to entertain myself. Right, right. Because I couldn't go out and play with my friends until I guess I was high school. Well, so that that helped you, right? It helped yeah. you form a lot of your characters in many ways. It was like a lot like I, it reminds you of like um, um, Robin Williams and his ideas in his head. And, you know, oh, we all saw how those oh, came really? to life, you know. Oh, was he oh, also was he forced also to stay forced home? To and eat well, not really, but he I think more I'm, I'm more thinking more of um, how he was an only child. And so he had like this huge place where he would play and whatnot. But he had to use a lot of his creativity because he didn't have friends to play with. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. When did you, like when did you start dating? Like did you have to send uh, a letter through like a telegram or a po- you know Pony Express or how did it get Oh wow. Uh, that's a really interesting question to ask me. No one has ever asked me that. I wasn't allowed to date. Right. Figured. Uh, yeah, you're a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. Wow. wow. No, I had to leave home before I was allowed to date. My father said that wouldn't be dating under his roof. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that did it for you, right? You were on the next uh, flight to LA. <laughs> I left that early. <laughs> yeah. And so, and but so, I went back were- to finish my degree. Right. right. And you, okay, so you come out to LA. Tell me what, what that was like. To come out to LA and 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 have people out here, yeah, family here, or, or you know, how, what was that like for you? Well, I was here well, when I was, I was a little kid, and the Culvers, yeah, the Culvers. my family, um, I have a cousin, Sam Culver, who is also an actor, and he's a wrestler. Give him a little shout out. But I stayed with my family when I was a kid, and I always wanted to come back. So when I worked at AT&T, they strongly suggested that I move to California. Oh, wow. Because they said I didn't look like I belonged there in St. Louis. Wow. Or Arkansas. And so what was that like? Is that where your first acting skills? What? <laughs> Is that where your first acting skills were put to the test when you were like on the phone and saying, hey, can you hold on a second? And thank you for calling AT&T. Please. Oh, I wasn't. I, I didn't, I, answer, I, the I didn't answer the phone. Oh, no. What, what was your job like? What were your duties there? I was a senior was graphic a senior designer. Guy. I was an artist. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Holy yes, cow. I was too I different was too different as an artist right. for their taste. Right. Oh, okay. So that's why, hence, yeah, you got to come to L.A. So everything keeps tugging you in this direction. Mm-hmm. And we're so happy you're here because as a result of that, you have a list of films and credits to your name. And I'm very curious to know about, let's see, you have a few film in post-production. Let's pick one out of the bunch. Let me see. The Year of Laughing Dangerously. A Thousand Faces of Me. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That, that chokes my neck. Is that a horror <laughs> flick? No, it's not a horror flick. Um, um, it was a gal was that a gal was having that was a bunch of us self-tape because... because 
her spirit would go from person to person. So it was more, I think, a psychological type film. Okay. So we could all tape remotely and act like her body was coming into ours and then would move again. And that's why it's a thousand faces of me. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. And what about Eight Days to Howl? That one is with my good friend, Shane Woodson. He's writer, producer, actor. And my first film with him was uh, Legend of Black Annie, which we did in West Virginia. Okay. And then I've done several different ones with Shane since then. And then Eight Days to Hell is the one he's been working on. And that's starring Eric Roberts. Fantastic. This is great. We can't wait to see that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? This um, not really. Not really. <laughs> You're not allowed to. Perfect. Now, you know what? I do want to talk about the rope. You were in the video, in the Foo Fighter video, The Rope. And um, yeah. tell us what that was like. Because you had to run into the ocean in a bikini <laughs> and it was fucking cold, right? Yeah. Tell us. What it, it was. Then, it was amazingly <laughs> painful. I bet. Did you get frostbite? Well, fortunately, <laughs> no. But we. it was February and we were in Malibu. And it was a symbol of our freedom that we got out of the nine to five job and just threw our clothes off down to our underwear and jumped in the ocean. And then we jumped in the ocean again and again and again and again. Wow, of course. And, <laughs> the and truth. They were trying to get what they wanted, and the cameraman would be like, All right, all right, you have to get in again. And we're like, Oh man. And he'd say, You're like numb at some point. Yeah, definitely. Everybody was. And he said, Look, I'll get in with you. So he gets, he wades in and he's got the camera and he goes, I promise this is the last one. And so he gets out and he goes, you know what, guys, we got to do it again. And I'll get in with you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it any better. And then finally he said, okay, we got to do it again. And I'm not getting in with you. And that was the last, was take. The last take. And the f- and one the, of the funny things, the funny about, things it about it is they were having a wedding next to us. <laughs> it makes for an interesting wedding, Wedding, I got to tell you. Yeah, so these people are having a wedding and we're, take, we're throwing our clothes off repeatedly, jumping in the water. Oh my God! Uh, and little, you know, little did they know that this was going to be going on when they probably rehearsed many times. But they came over and said, "Hey," and they were cool. But then you should have sued for hypothermia. Fine <laughs> here. But oh, I wouldn't do that. No, of course not. Um, now, uh, what was it like? The camaraderie, you know, like the Foo Fighters. You guys hanging out? What was the dynamic like? It was cool. It was cool. I mean, there was just a lot of people there, and 
it was pretty much business. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, I think people think it's kind of glamorous and you hang out and you talk a lot, but really you don't. After being dipped in on that cold ice water all day, I think the least they could do is like play a set for you guys, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we, we do get. Yeah, and I hear great things about Dave Grohl. He's a good guy. So, um, yeah, shout out to to our boy Dave Grohl who lives yeah. here. Yeah. Well, balance. when you spend all day jumping in and out of the ocean, you probably you kind of everybody kind of wanted to leave. <laughs> you just want to go home. You're like, you know what? I don't want to hang out with the band anymore. I want to go home. <laughs> right. <laughs> PJ. Yeah. yeah. I can't uh, tell you about the wedding party, what they did. I don't know. I don't know. What about, what about, what was it like um, hanging out with, um, you know, the likes of uh, Rob Zombie? Mm. That's pretty cool. Oh, I know. It's a dream come true, really. Um, he's working on his production. I have the best feelings and memories about that. It was one of my very favorite jobs. I love the music for one thing, and I got to hear that every night. And I was able to play um, Mama Firefly for his premiere Haunted House. And it was one of my favorite characters from childhood, Karen Black. Oh, okay. Wow. So I was like, wow, thank you so much for picking me to play the Karen Black part. Yeah, that must have been pretty freaking outstanding and awesome for him to do that and allow you to do that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, the people sure. kept getting confused if I was Baby or Mama Firefly. <laughs> because uh, and some people would be come, coming through and they'd be like, wait a minute, there's two babies. It's like no, no, no. I'm Mama Firefly. I'm not baby. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so we're here. I'll stab we're you here with my now. knife anyway. There you go. <laughs> we are talking to the wonderful, lovely Laura Meadows, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a minute. Uh, we have sponsors today, and uh, our sponsors Fear Less. The name of the book is Fear Less by Shauna Baca, our good friend Shauna Baca. Um, you know, it's a good time. Uh, I know a couple months ago it was uh, Mental Health uh, Awareness Month, and so I picked up a, a fearless copy. And you know, it's a great journey. It takes you through her journey, the author's journey. She does a good job at at times how she, you know, combated and fought these um, demons out, these, these uh, thoughts in her head um, with conventional and non-conventional medicine and whatnot. And it's a great, great story. Um, it's called Fearless, and it's a story about our dear friend, Shauna Baca. So, yes, um, it's a good time to talk about your social media handles, too. If you want to drop those now, it would be great. How can we um, stalk you? I mean, follow you. <laughs> well, just join the other stalkers. Um, there is Instagram, and it's Laura underscore Meadows underscore actress. And you can follow me there. You can write to me there. Love to talk to you. If you have cool questions, not just weird questions. Do you get people like giving you like weird, asking you weird questions and whatnot? 
Oh, what's sure. like one of the weirdest things that what is the one what is one of the weirdest things that you're able to talk about that's been asked to you in the past? Hmm. Now you, my tongue is tied. Uh oh, juicy divas. Remember. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, well, you know the there's the obvious. Yeah. And um. That yeah. that's mostly what it is. Do they do people say, hey, do you know, do you ever get like you're like Elvira, but like yeah. only with red, yeah, red hair, yeah. Elvira. Yeah, well, actually, Sandy has red hair. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. How is did you ever meet her or like what's that like? Have you ever like, you know, gone I, to any of the conventions? Do you know yeah, her? I, I was um, in a show with her during the pandemic. It was called Macabre Mansion. That's on my IMDb. And we taped our parts uh, remotely, and they put it all together and put it on the Godzilla billboard in Times Square. And then they had a troupe of dancers and uh, hosts, and it was uh, really cool. So I haven't actually met her in person, but I've been in a show with her where we taped remotely. That is so cool. Wow, what are the odds? And I actually have a friend that used to drive her way back in the 80s. He had some cool stories with her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I got to tell you, I've had a, a, I mean, it's been a really great um, time chatting with you. And oh, it's great okay. because oh, we, okay. you know, we don't know where time went, but um, it's <laughs> oh, almost wow. this up. So we're going to have to bring you back for part two, if that's okay oh. with you. Let me mention a few more social media. There's Facebook. Yes. Oh, of course. Um, and my personal site is pretty much uh, full, but you can go to my fan page. Laura Meadows, it's pretty obvious. It's red hair. And then you can look at my YouTube channel, also Laura Meadows. And let's see, I already gave you my Instagram. And there's my website, laurameadowsactress.com and laurameadowsartist.com. Oh, we're all out of time. It's so sad to say goodbye. But what about your bank account information? You can give us your bank account information. <laughs> <laughs> well, Guys, you can uh, send to my cash app. There you go. Um, it's been nothing but a pleasurable time. I mean, you're fantastic. Needless to say, we'll have to get you back on the show again. Uh, thank you so much um, for coming on, Laura. Um, thank you. It's been nothing but love. Uh, till next time, guys. Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. Goodbye.